Let's stand again. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 59. Do you really love God? I mean, individually, do you love him? Is, is he a habit or is he a personal relationship in your life? Do you really experience him? Listen carefully to this passage that David writes and ask yourself, have I experienced or do I know God in this way? Listen to what David says in verse 16. But I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. Have you experienced his strength? Have you experienced and know that personal love? For you have been to me, it goes on to say, for you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. In days of distress, have you found him to be that? Have you experienced that in your life? Oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you. For you, O oh God, are my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. Father, I, I, my desire, my heart's desire, what you put in me this, these weeks is that we should grow in love for you. That we should, Father, experience the strength of your spirit in our lives. And I know there are many in this room who are going through many different things, grief and stress and questions, troubles, and we need your strength in our life. I pray you just help us to examine our individual, uh, individual, examine our hearts today and ask ourselves, do we really have this loving relationship with you where your strength pours into our life? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did you ever stop to think about the fact that when Jesus was asked about the, uh, the greatest commandment, he didn't say, uh, you know, God just wants you to know about him. He wants you to have a real intellectual understanding of who he is. No, Jesus spoke right down to the emotions of our heart. He says, no, I, the first commandment is a great commandment is that you would love God with everything about you. This love for God, not just knowing about God, but this connection with God that comes through this ability to love that God has given us. And he wants us to experience that in him and to know, as they just sang, about his glory and to experience that uh, in our lives. This week, uh, I, was, I was here in the building one afternoon. I had a meeting on this side of town and had just decided to come over here and work the rest of the afternoon. And uh, there was a group using our building. I, I, one of my concerns when we came to this, when we built this building, is that we would build it and it would just sit here all week and, and not have activity in our other building, so full of activity. And so we do a lot of things to promote activity here and to allow activity. And there was a group that was uh, using the building for a meeting. And uh, I was glad to see that, probably 30 or 40 people in the community room using it. And I was sitting out here in the cafe and was doing some work, and the, their meeting ended. And two of the guys came out and began to walk around the cafe area and look around at things, and they were talking, and, and I could hear that they were wondering about some things. And, and I said, can I help you? And they said, sure, and I introduced myself, and they had some questions, and we talked for a few minutes. I discovered they were from uh, the Pittsfield area and uh, that they were connected with some churches there that I've been acquainted with and been a part of uh, working at those churches many times over the years. 
knew some people from there. And one of my great friends grew up in that church. And I asked him, have you ever run across my friend Gary? And they, oh, yeah, they, they certainly had. They, they, they knew who Gary was. And then they asked me about Gary's brother. Now, Gary and I have been, Gary and I have been friends for over 40 years. But they asked me about his brothers. And I've met his brothers uh, maybe four or five times. Uh, just we've, we've run across each other at different things or been at things with Gary. And, and so I've met them four or five times. But frankly, if, if I went into a restaurant, they probably wouldn't know me and I probably wouldn't know them. We just don't know each other that well. I'm confident if I was over in that area and I had a need and I called Gary, Gary and said, hey, who should I call? He'd call one of his brothers and they'd come help me. Or if they were here, Gary would call me and I'd help them. But we just don't know each other. Uh, we just don't know each other on, a, on any kind of a, a personal, uh, on, a, on any kind of a personal level. I thought about that later and, and began to think about the fact that that's the way some people are with God. They're acquainted with Him. They've had experiences with Him a few times. They may know someone who knows them well. They may have heard really good things about him, but they don't have a close relationship with him. You know, a personal relationship with shared knowledge and shared personal experiences. That's my question for you today. What's your, your personal relationship with God? Not, not the one you have through your spouse or the one if you're young, that maybe you have through your parents, not the one you have even through the church, but what's your personal relationship with God like? Think about that. How interactive throughout your week are you with God? How well do you know Him and sense His presence in your life? How easy is it to do life your way instead of his way. In times of need, do you trust in his direction? Relationships are built on shared experiences. I have a lot of shared experiences with my friend. I, I have next to zero shared experiences with his brothers. If we happen to be together and you ask us, how do you know each other? Uh, we'd say, well, we've, we've, we've met a few times over the years. Well, what was that like? Well, we shook hands and said hello and uh, nice to meet you and went our separate ways. But if you asked me about my friend, if I was with my friend Gary and you began to, to say, how do you guys know each other? We would sit down. We could sit down with you and tell stories of shared experiences we've had and take up hours of your times so and we could laugh and cry and celebrate and mourn the things we have walked through in life together. So let me ask you, if you're asked about God, about your experience with him, what would it sound like? Well, I, I go to church every week. You know, my, my, my wife, my husband, my mom and dad, you know, they, they really push me to come to church and be a part of that. But what is the shared personal experience that you have with him. The thing that goes past a, a, a casual head knowledge into a deep, 
abiding relationship with God. This is one of the reasons why a few weeks ago we asked you to get the paper, get that form that we have, and built off of Psalm 136 to write your personal psalm. Some of you have done that and sent that to me. If you haven't, I encourage you to do it. To sit and think about the things that where God has intervened and moved in your life over the years. It's not a hard process. If you sit down and begin to think about it, you'll begin to see and you begin to pray about it. You'll begin to see where God has intervened in your life and done things in your life. We have some of those forms back in the back. You can get them today if you've missed them. You can get online and get them. But here's one of the things we need to understand. Natural troubles of life on this earth give us a chance to experience life with God. God moves through our natural troubles that we have on this earth. The question is, do we move towards him when we're going through natural issues of life? Or do we move away from him? Do we go to him? Do we invite him into the situation? Do you apply his word to the situation in your life? Do you trust him? And trust his way? Have you experienced what the psalmist talked about? Have you in a time of deep question, deep trouble, unsure tomorrow, have you experienced his strength in your life for the day? Have you experienced and walked in his peace when your life is filled with worry, when you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know what's going to happen with your job. Maybe you don't know what's going to happen with your kids. You don't know what's going to take place next, how you're going to get through this situation. Have you ever experienced his peace lifting you out of that worry and giving you the ability to walk in peace? In moments of trouble, we, have an, we, can have, we need to have this experience with God. The importance of refuge when we read it in the Bible can be lost on us. If you read through the Psalms, you read through the Old Testament, uh, the word refuge in, in response to how David and how other writers saw God is so prevalent throughout Scripture. But in David's time, it wasn't lost on them. We are told that the psalm we read from today was a time when Saul had sent men to David's house for the purpose of killing David. Now, if somebody was coming to your house today to kill you, and you got word of that, and you knew they were powerful enough to kill you, you would look for refuge too, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just sit there and say, oh, well, what comes, will come, what, comes will, what comes on me will come on me. No, you'd be looking for a place to hide. This is what David is talking about. And, and in a moment like that, it's not just the practical knowledge that I need to hide. It's the fear. It's the worry. It's the concern. It's all of the brokenness and the lostness that comes into our life, would come into our life at a moment like that. The proclamation that God is a refuge to us. 
is a wonderful revelation of who God is. For David, uh, at times that meant a cave to hide in. For, day, for, for the people of Israel in the time of the judges, the people would flee to places of refuge. When an invading, marauding group would come in and want to kill them, take their crops, steal their animals, kill the men, drag off the women and the children, they would find walled cities and places that were places of refuge. So in the Bible... When the Bible talks to us about refuge, it's talking about God being a refuge. It's talking to a people who clearly understood their need at times to get to a place of refuge, to get to a place where they would be safe from the attack of the enemy, where they could get to a place where they could defend themselves, where they could find strength and find help. In the Bible... Refuge was a shelter or protection from danger or distress. It was security in very uncertain times. Such words are applied in the Old Testament to places of physical shelter as for those seeking protection from rain or wind or a hiding place or a protection from the enemy. The need for a place to run to find protection. And this is what God presents to us today. That he will be our strength. That he will be our comfort. That he will be our wisdom and our assurance. Today, in the troubling events of our life, in the times of overwhelming grief, and you know, I'm very aware that in the last six months, many of you, have lost loved ones in your families and you're faced with grief and how to walk through that grief. Those moments of, of overwhelming grief, the, the moments of questions when things are going on and we don't know what the answer is yet. We wonder what the outcome's gonna look like or what we should do. In, in those moments of uncertainty, when we're facing uncertain things in life with the health, our health, or the health of a loved one, and we're uncertain about what's going to happen next, when the heart is hurting, when the heart is filled with worry, maybe when the heart is broken, when life is not working and all seems lost, in the face of what seems to be an irresistible attack of the enemy on our family or on our nation. Do we walk through them with God or without him? Do we find some way to deal with our issues in our own strength and in our own worry? Do we find ourselves broken in this thing and devastated by it? Do we try to figure it out on our own? while we have worry and fear, pride? Do we really invite God into those events in life? Or do we go, go it on our own? It's right here. Our decision on where to turn determines what our relationship with God is like because it determines our experience with God. 
When I learn in times of worry that I can go to him and he's going to give me strength. When I learn in times of uncertainty that I can go to him and I can stay with him until he moves in my life. See, this is why some are acquainted with him and why others have grown to love him. Some have, keep trying to do things their own way. They keep trying to walk in their own strength. But it's in our tears. It's in our desperation. It's in the expression of our loss to God and our concern to God that we discover his comfort, that you can discover his strength, his wisdom, his sustaining power, and we see that we don't want life without him. Let me tell you in my life, in my life as I've gone through times of grief, when I go through times of question, when I go through times of uncertainty, what I've learned, I've learned that there are many, many times that the right answer for me before I do anything else is to go get along with God. And many, many times I'll walk into that place with God and I'll say, God, I am not leaving this place until you meet with me, until you touch me. Now I'll tell you, probably the majority of times, I don't leave that room with an answer. I leave that room with strength. I don't leave that room knowing maybe everything what to do or everything being immediately changed, but I leave that room with hope because the presence of God in the middle of our seeking him, in the middle of our troubles, will be our strength and will be our comfort and will be our guide. In the middle of grief, we find this place where we go and say, God, and we confess our brokenness, and we find God giving us his wisdom and his strength for the next day. In Psalm 46, 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength. Listen, a very present help in trouble. He wants to be there in those moments of our life. And it's in those moments of our life where he is with us, where he walks through the experience of our heartbreak and our trouble, and we find strength in him. That friend, he moves from being an acquaintance to someone who's walked with you through circumstances of life, who's walked through you through the troubles of life, where you found his strength in life. And let me tell you, you move from knowing about him to being in love with him. Is God that to you? Is he your first contact in times of trouble? Do you look to him for answers? He claims to offer refuge and strength. That experience in God will make your relationship with him personal. Listen, we all have troubles. When the world seems to be crashing in, we don't know what to do next. Troubling times can, can build a loving heart towards God if we learn to go to him. When we trust his word and we go to him. We're in troubling times in America today. The church needs to pray. We don't need to bury our heads. We don't need to look and say, oh, it's so bad, I don't even want to listen to it anymore. We need to walk and we need to invite the presence of God into our lives and into our country. Many times, the very thing that, that you get is strength to move forward. God's touch is beyond understanding. 
Now, I'm not a big guy for formulas, but uh, listen, there's a few of them in the Bible. And, And here's where one of them is really, really relevant for our life. Paul lays out a formula, literally a step-by-step process for us on what to do in, in, in our life to walk into this relationship with God. It's found in Philippians chapter 4, and it starts at verse 4. Listen to what it says, and then we'll talk about it for just a minute. Rejoice in the Lord always. When? What does always mean? Always. So that means good time, bad time, grief, sorrow, great victory, great trouble, whatever is going on. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is talking about a very personal relationship with God. About the way we see him, the way we experience him, and what he does in our heart. So he starts off this formula very simply. He says, listen, in your life, it should just be a matter of fact that you're going to rejoice in the Lord when? At all times, all the times. What are we rejoicing in? We're rejoicing in who he is. We're rejoicing that he's our friend. We're rejoicing that he's strong enough to get us through everything. We're rejoicing in our hope in the Lord. And every moment we stop and we say, Lord, this is bad. I don't like what's going on. My heart's full of sorrow, but I'm so glad you're with me. I'm so glad you're available to me. I'm so glad you're greater than my grief. You're greater than my loss. You have promises in the middle of my sorrow. You are a strength to me all the I rejoice in you. And he says, remember, let your reasonableness, let your reasonableness be, be seen. Don't be so caught up in the trouble that you don't see the purpose and the fullness of God's promise. Remember, God is at hand. He is close to you. He is with you. In that moment, don't let the however devastating, however troubling, however uncertain the situation may be, don't let that capture your thoughts as much as even as bad as this is. Even though there's a sea in front of me, mountains on each side, and an army crashing in behind me to destroy me, God is greater still. Even though I'm in the desert and I don't have anything to drink, God is greater still. Even though there's a giant in front of me, God is greater still. In the moment of trouble, remember who God is. Remember what God does. Remember what what God says about you that we sang about today, that there's nothing that can separate us from his love, that he loves us with an everlasting love, a steadfast love. He wants the best for us. We can count on him to come into our life and to give us strength and hope. He says, don't worry. He says, worry, just don't do it. So how do I... How do I get so I don't worry? Because it seems just 
crash in on me. Well, he tells us, prayer, take it to God and stay there. Pray your way in that thing until you're through it. Now, that, that process may need to be repeated in your circumstance. You, you may pray your way through it this morning, and you may have to pray your way through it again in the afternoon. You may have to pray your way through it that night. But as you begin to pray and make your requests known to God, there comes a moment in time in the middle of your personal relationship with God where God will say, got it. Okay, God, I can surrender. I remember one of the troubling times uh, of my life. I was going through a, 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 a stretch of time that was really troubling in my life. And, and I would come out, and by the end of it, I would, I would come out and begin to pray. And it wouldn't be very long until I would just uh, hear God say, I, I told you I got this. I told you I got this. And there was something about that message. It was more than just, no, there was something about the comfort of that voice speaking into my life that allowed me to go back to bed and go to sleep and go, okay, I don't know the answer to this yet. But God, I trust that you've got it. So we come to God in prayer. We tell him about it. And we, we come with thanksgiving. We don't come like the, the, the children of Israel would come out in the desert and say, well, we're going to go back to Egypt. No, we come saying, God, I know you got this. I'm thankful for your hand in my life. I know you can give me water in the desert. I know you can give me food in the desert. I know you can get me through the desert. I know you're with me. I'm going to thank you and glorify you. So we start this whole thing with this attitude of gratefulness to God. And then he gives us a promise. He gives us this promise of peace. Wait for God to move in your heart and your mind with peace. This is this personal relationship with God. Take advantage of the trouble to experience God's power moving in your life. God will be your refuge if you go to him. He will move in your life in a personal way. This isn't something you get. You don't download this from your spouse. You don't get this just from, you know, even reading a book or being at church. You get this when you begin to open your heart up to him in those moments of trouble. And he becomes the place that you run to every time because he's your refuge. And it's in him that you are going to find abiding strength for the day. Let's stand together today. Prayer teams, would you come down front? Father, I'm so thankful for who you are in my life. Lord, I know many in this room would say amen to everything I've said today because they've, they've experienced you in their life. It's more than just knowing about you. They have, they've sensed the warmth of your presence. They've sensed your assurance in time of trouble. They've known and experienced your comfort in times of loss. They, they've, they've experienced your solid direction in times of uncertainty. They know you're with them, and they know to run to you. 
But Lord, I just pray for everyone in this room that we would all grow in this relationship with you, that you wouldn't be an acquaintance that we've met a few times, but you would be a friend that we've walked through experiences with many, many times. Today, Father, you know the troubles that are in people's hearts today. You know the heartbreak in people's lives today. And I pray in these moments, Lord, that they would come to you. They would come around these altars and let friends agree with them and pray with them that you'd move in their life. And Father, if there's someone here today who is far from you, who hasn't surrendered their heart to you, today they have lots of questions in their mind. But Lord, if they would look to you, they would find the comfort and the strength and the assurance of your presence. Lord, you call to them today. You call to them to come and experience you. And I pray that before this day is over, they'd walk down and talk with someone here and invite you into their life today and surrender their life wholly to you. Do that in these next few moments, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. As we worship the Lord, if you have any need in your life, step out, come on down to the front. Let somebody pray with you. We're going to worship the Lord for a few minutes, and uh, then they'll dismiss the rest of us. But come and let somebody pray with you.